Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Now it's time to talk about the new Will Smith series on Netflix. It's called Amend, and it's about the 14th Amendment, which was ratified after the Civil War. It guarantees equal protection to everyone in the United States and established birthright citizenship for the first time. For comment, we turn to Eric Foner. Of course, he taught American history at Columbia for a long time. He's won the Pulitzer Prize, the Bancroft Prize, the Lincoln Prize for his work. Most of it's been about Reconstruction. He wrote about the 14th Amendment in his most recent book, The Second Founding, How the Civil War and Reconstruction Remade the Constitution. We talked about it here. He's written widely for the New York Times op-ed page, the Washington Post op-ed page, the TLS, the LRB, and The Nation, where he's a member of the editorial board. Eric, welcome back. Uh, nice to talk to you, John. Well, I know you told your daughter that people would find some of the history in this new Will Smith Netflix series on the 14th Amendment to be too simple. What was her response? Right. Uh, she said, Dad, nobody knows anything about the 14th Amendment. <laughs> so, uh, I found this uh, disheartening since I've written a lot of books that have to do with Reconstruction, and some of them talk a lot about the 14th Amendment. But I'm afraid that she probably has good reason for saying that. So, so let's, start, let's start there. Briefly, what was the 14th Amendment? Why was it adopted? What happened to it? Why is it important today? Which, of course, is the subject of six hours of Netflix. Yeah, I mean, the, the 14th Amendment is widely considered the most important change in the Constitution since the Bill of Rights, anyway. It's a long amendment, the longest one ever added, and it covers a lot of things that arose out of the Civil War. Number one, the consequences of the abolition of slavery. What are going to, what's going to be the status of the 4 million African-American men and women who had been freed uh, because of the Civil War? The 14th Amendment established in the first section, which is the most important, it establishes the principle of birthright citizenship. Anybody born in the United States, except Native Americans at that point, uh, is considered a citizen of the United States. Native Americans at that point were citizens of their own tribal sovereignties. Uh, it goes on to say that states cannot deny these citizens the equal protection of the law. Uh, no, let me take that back. It cannot, cannot deny to any person, which goes beyond citizens, to aliens, immigrants, the equal protection of the law or due process of law. And um, it also says that states can't abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens without naming what those actually are. In other words, the amendment put the idea of equality for all Americans into the Constitution for the first time, equal protection of the laws. It, it made the Constitution something that really related to the lives of individual Americans uh, in a way it hadn't been 
uh, before the Civil War. People could, it, it, people could now constitutionalize their claims for equality and progress, uh, etc. Uh, and over the years, particularly the Equal Protection Clause has been used by all sorts of groups who were not really on the mind of Congress in 1866 uh, to expand their rights. The most recent example uh, is uh, gay men and lesbians who wish to marry and the Supreme Court's decision upholding the right of marriage or denying states the right to prohibit it uh, is very much an equal protection a decision uh, that they deserve the same equal rights before the law as any other uh, Americans. And of course, the 14th Amendment was used to overturn uh, school segregation in the Brown v. Board of Ed decision. Segregation said the court is inherently unequal and therefore banned under the 14th Amendment. But one could go on with many important decisions that have arisen out of the 14th Amendment. I will note, though, that there are five sections, and that all that I've spoken of now is section one. There are other parts which have become very uh, uh, relevant lately. We will get to those later in the program. So the challenge facing Will Smith and his team was how to make a documentary about all this we know the form of the traditional historical documentary on TV. We've been watching it most of our lives, usually on PBS. Ken Burns is the master of this genre. An unseen narrator tells us what we're supposed to learn while the audience is shown images from the past. And then experts, talking heads, historians appear on screen to explain particular points. Will Smith wants to do better than that. He's got a lot of celebrities. And they don't just explain things. They speak the words of historical figures. They reenact historical events. He does show us documentary images from the past. Uh, he also has lots of fast cutting. Lots of He's on a glitzy set. He plays contemporary black music. We have hip talk by the hosts, uh, for example. Uh, episode one begins with Frederick Douglass, the great black abolitionist of the 19th century, and Will Smith introduces him by saying he is so much more than his killer fro. I wonder whether you consider this approach to be an improvement on Ken Burns and PBS. Is it, is it a good idea? Well, you know, I was involved very closely with a PBS documentary about Reconstruction a couple of years ago that Henry Louis Gates was the producer of. And I, it, I, it was very good. It won some prizes. It was in the more traditional mold, as you say. I think there is virtue in breaking up the mold a little bit and trying something new. I think, you know, the 14th Amendment is difficult to convey visually. Uh, it's difficult to convey uh, without a lot of talking about court cases and that kind of thing. And I think he wanted to make it uh, livelier than it might uh, otherwise have been. So, for, for example, let me just describe the opening segment on Frederick Douglass, his life as a slave, is told in animation. And then they have a wonderful award-winning actor, Mahershala Ali. He was Don Shirley in Green Book. He was the detective in True Detective on HBO. He portrays Frederick Douglass's arrival in New York after escaping from slavery walking through a set with giant uh, images of lower Manhattan in the mid-19th century. 
And then big surprises, various celebrities appear to do play other parts. Joseph Gordon-Levitt appears as Andrew Johnson. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was Edward Snowden in the Oliver Stone movie. He's, he's come a long way. Uh, and then historians appear, David Blight, Christopher Bonner, Martha Jones, Khalil Gibran Muhammad, and you. And there's music. There's uh, a lot going on on screen, and it does keep you interested. Yeah, I, I think it, it is interesting. I think uh, Will Smith, I have never met him. I was interviewed for the show, of course, as you say. I think he probably concluded uh, that uh, historians can be fairly dull uh, much of the time. <laughs> I would never say that. And uh, actors, actors whose lifeblood is how to convey text, you know, speeches and everything in a lively and engaging manner uh, can really be an addition. I, I don't have any objection to that. Obviously, this is not, you know, there's, a, there's some things that are kind of made up, like these cartoons and animations, etc., but the basic history is told in a pretty uh, clear and mostly effective way. So I don't have any objection. I, th I commend him for trying to shake up the traditional TV documentary uh, system. They decided on six hours of Netflix TV, and that's a lot. That's a lot to fill up, And uh, but it is, it is lively all the way through. When it gets to the modern era, there's a lot more visuals available things like that. Now, let me ask about how they organized the, the six hours. As you've explained, the 14th Amendment started out as being about the aftermath of the Civil War and the status of, of freed slaves. How did they decide to divide up their six hours and how much of it is about black rights, which of course have been the heart of what we historians have studied? Yeah, time. well, it starts off with um, the whole issue of citizenship, who is a citizen, and making the point very well that before the Civil War, the Supreme Court in the Dred Scott decision just declared that no black person could be a citizen of the United States. Birthright citizenship in the 14th Amendment makes all African Americans and anyone else born in the United States uh, a citizen, which is a major step forward for American society. Then they move on to the battle over this and the reactions against the 14th Amendment. The second section does a little about Reconstruction, probably not enough in my opinion, but then a lot of it is about the Klan and the resistance, the white supremacist backlash, which by the turn of the century had rendered the 14th Amendment pretty much a dead letter in much of the South as the Jim Crow system was being put into place. And then they move on to other groups. This is what some people might find surprising. Other groups for whom the 14th Amendment was a major vehicle for asserting their rights. The women's movement, they talk about the Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Pauli Murray and others and how they use the 14th Amendment to promote the legal uh, equality of women. The civil rights movement, of course, there's a section on that and the 14th Amendment being the core of the legal strategy of the civil rights movement. Uh, then there's a whole, an hour about sort of privacy and marriage equality, which deals a lot with gay marriage and the Obergefell decision. Uh, again, 14th Amendment. And then the final hour is about immigrants and uh, seeking to obtain the rights laid out uh, in the uh, 14th Amendment. I think what's valuable overall is not only the specific history, but the sense that our rights are a battleground. Rights are contested. 
putting something into the Constitution does not necessarily guarantee it's going to be enforced or enjoyed, that you have to be vigilant all the way through. They're trying to find a, a pathway between what they keep calling the promise of America, of equality, and the reality of America, which often in our history has not lived up to that promise. But nonetheless, it's a kind of upbeat show. It keeps saying, well, the 14th Amendment can be, you know, can be made more powerful uh, if we just try to do it. And it's there to further help uh, create equality uh, in our in our society. So well, it covers somebody- a lot of ground and it covers a lot of different kinds of Americans, which I think is all to the good. Although, as I said, I, my, as, a, as a historian of Reconstruction, I was a little disappointed about how Reconstruction and the 14th Amendment as part of a much bigger effort to create a interracial democracy uh, in the post-Civil War South, how that gets a little bit lost sight of in the focus on the specific amendment uh, as, as the key to the story. So some of this is familiar to, to everyone, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, everyone knows who she is. Others are very unfamiliar. Pauli Murray is a name that probably is not known outside of civil rights historians. Yeah, Paul, it's, I appreciate the fact that they emphasize Pauli Murray, who really devised the uh, legal strategy using the 14th Amendment to claim greater equality for women. Her writings strongly influenced Ginsburg's legal cases in the 1970s and 80s where she was uh, really using the 14th Amendment on behalf of women. So that's, uh, yeah, that's probably new to people even who knew something about the women's rights movement and and, uh, that sort of thing. Other parts of it, uh, the civil rights movement part is probably pretty familiar, uh, even though it's now uh, 50 years ago. uh, You know, people have seen this on TV a lot, (laughs) various aspects of the civil rights movement over and over again. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with people being reminded of it. But it's probably more familiar history than some of the other aspects. And the final episode on immigrants is all, again, fine since immigration is a big public issue today. Uh, But um, it it lacked focus uh, in, in a way that the other uh, were uh, episodes were not necessarily guilty of. But overall, six hours, I'd say, as a historian, to the extent that people learn more about our history, that's good. You mentioned at the outset that this is all about Section 1, but there's more to the 14th Amendment, especially notable, something you've written about for the Washington Post, is Section 3. Nobody paid any attention to this till a couple of months ago. I, I, when you brought it up, it bars from public office anyone who gives, quote, aid or comfort to rebellion or insurrection. And we had an insurrection on January 6th, the storming of the Capitol. There seems to be some sudden relevance to Section 3. Section 3, If you uh, two months ago, if you had gone and asked even law professors, what is Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, they would have scratched their heads and said, gee, I don't quite remember that very well. It's a little more complicated than you said, because the people banned from office have to have taken an oath to support the Constitution beforehand. This is to bar ex-Confederate leaders, people who had been public officials before the Civil War or military officers who took an oath of allegiance to the Constitution and then um, joined the Confederacy and and broke their oath, obviously. Uh, But it's not just confined to them. It it has rarely been enforced, but it was enforced against some 
local office holders during Reconstruction, and it was even enforced in the early 20th century in, in Congress. Yes, I wrote an article saying, you know, this impeachment is all very well and good, but you could bar President Trump from public office by using Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. If Congress declared that he has taken an oath of office and then given aid and comfort to the enemies of the Constitution, that would be sufficient by majority vote, not two-thirds, to uh, bar him from future public office. Whether this will actually happen, I don't know, but that's in there. The 14th Amendment is, it's an example of the fact the 14th Amendment is trying to create a kind of new regime in the United States, one based on equality, one based on loyalty to the nation, loyalty to the Constitution, so excluding the leaders of those who led the uh, rebellion. And uh, and so you have to look at the whole amendment, not just about what it's trying to accomplish, not just Section 1, which has been the focus of litigation coming out of the 14th Amendment. Eric Foner, he's one of the historians featured in the Will Smith six-part documentary Amend on the 14th Amendment, showing now on Netflix. Eric wrote about Section 3 for the Washington Post. He wrote about the entire 14th Amendment and its history in his most recent book, The Second Founding, How the Civil War and Reconstruction Remade the Constitution. Thank you, Eric. Great to have you on the show. Good to talk to you. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.